anxiety. I think everybody that I talk to says they have anxiety. Who doesn't have anxiety? And as a result, it begs the question sometimes, what do we mean by anxiety? What exactly do we mean by anxiety? In fact, we mean a lot of different things. It's like saying, I feel good. What does that mean? And it can change over time. Anxiety is just one of those words. So let's dig in. What do we mean by anxiety? And what can we do to feel better and relieve anxiety? And we're going to do that by looking at what it actually is. And it can be a variety of different things. So I'm going to give you some new ways of looking at it and some new ways of helping yourself with anxiety. This is Aliveness, the show that explores how to create the changes you need to make to experience the sense of aliveness you're longing for and how the power of plant medicine can accelerate that process for you. I'm your host, Allison Crossweight, a guide and former psychotherapist here to empower you to break out of your old patterns, shift into a new state of being, and ignite your aliveness. So when people say they have anxiety, for some people, that means their heart is beating. May even escalate to panic attacks, overthinking, ruminating, up at night, worried about things, feeling afraid, um, worrying about things like health, money, safety of people we love, a lot of fear. It can be obsessive actions and thinking, trying to make everything right. Can also be a kind of worrying about what people think of us, social anxiety, worrying about being with others, having difficulty being with others, the difficulty being still. So maybe it's a difficulty meditating or doing yoga or something where you're turning your brain off, or maybe it's constantly compulsively going for screens or the phone to fill something and you're not exactly sure why you're doing that. It can be a need for high sensation things, adventures. It can be like, even with psychedelics, it can be a real like spiritual sensation seeking, immersive experience kind of thing. Need for a fix. Like I talked about the scrolling, it can be sugar, alcohol, cannabis, any type of kind of addictive fix that we are going for can be a way that we're experiencing anxiety. Also, the need to understand everything, to control it, to plan it. These are all features of anxiety. Finally, the other sort of anxious experience I want to mention is it's difficult to be in silence, to have to say something, to fill the space, especially when there's big emotion. Humor, I can be an expression of anxiety. So having said all this, what I want to suggest, the number one thing to do if you experience anxiety is detach the word anxiety and focus on the experience you are having. So what are you actually feeling? Are you feeling butterflies in your belly? Are you feeling a lot of thoughts about a certain thing or just in general? Is your heart beating? Are you having trouble being present? Are you getting really granular? And if your heart's beating, how fast? 
And okay, stay with it. What color is your heart beating? Is there a color? Like, what is it? What does it actually feel like? Like getting deeper and more granular about your specific experience is the first piece here. Because it can be so many different things and it will change over time. And the clinging to anxiety as a thing covers over the particularity and it almost makes it hard to, to heal it because you can't see it as clearly for what it is. So detach from the word anxiety and describe it yourself. And then accept it as an experience. It doesn't mean you're always going to feel this way, but just notice. So I feel this right now. And now I'm going into this situation. I'm feeling this. Oh, I just had a pang. What are people going to think? Like, just keep staying with your experience. Moment to moment, what is your experience? And I'm going to talk a little bit about working with anxiety, but the more... You can come into physical presence, which involves all of the different ways of healing that I talk about on this podcast, it involves attention to yourself physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, sexually. All of those things help you come into presence. And in presence, you can witness yourself with the anxiety. And I know that's a leap when you're feeling anxious, but this is what we're moving towards. It's a kind of presence with ourselves in compassion. So we're detaching from it. We're accepting it as an experience and then hold it as an experience of insufficiency that has information. So anxiety is an experience of insufficiency. If something feels not okay and it has information. And sometimes the information is act, take care of your child, take care of yourself, do something about the thing. So it's important. Anxiety is, is important in certain forms. And a lot of the time, as it comes from a kind of insufficiency, it's not us acting from our strength. So noticing that. Often, anxiety is about the tension between true self and false self, which is really about trauma as I define it. That we have our natural sufficient life force energy and that through all kinds of different experiences, whether it's settle down and be good or, you know, really big traumas, accidents, violence that happened in our lives, we come to not be able to be present with ourselves. We tamp down our energy, we dissociate, we numb out, we do whatever we need to do, fight or flight, play dead, fawning, people pleasing, all the things that we've talked about that we do to not be present. So we're not being true to ourselves. And what I often find in anxiety is in the first few sessions of therapy, it becomes quite clear that the person is not living their truth. That they are either trying to keep a parent happy 
or staying in a relationship that a, a very upset parent usually, or they're in a relationship that they don't really want to be in or that isn't working for them, or they're living a life with a lot of friends or work or whatever, but it's not really aligned for them. And because it's not really feeding them, there is a lot of anxiety because it's covering over a deeper feeling, which can pretty easily be cleared out with boundaries and tough choices. I don't mean to say it's super easy all the time, but there is a pretty clear reason. And often I could see early on, you know, people are either going to look that reason in the eye or they're not ready to look that reason in the eye. And often there can be anxious attachment relationships in families where there's a lot of anxiety between parent and child, a lot of contact between parent and, I'm talking about adult children. And because of the anxiety in the attachment, neither party is really able to handle the separation that would be required for the adult child to get their ground and come into presence, that that's not something they're able to do at this time. But the cost is a huge amount of anxiety as the child is not really living their life and is picking up the parent's anxiety. So these are, these are various flavors of anxiety. And the beautiful moments often early in a therapy are when someone can just cry rather than be anxious and realize, oh, I'm actually hurt. Anxiety sits on top of a lot of things. And this is some of the real, you know, straightforward healing that can be done when you talk to somebody who doesn't have stakes in the situation. And this is why as therapists, we try to stay back. I remember I saw a therapist in my 20s and I was dating a guy who, I mean, she was right. He probably wasn't the best guy, but I wasn't serious with him. And I was in my 20s and she came in so quick on the first session saying, people in places, it's all about the people in places you hang out. And her, her judgment of him kept me from being able to express how I felt. And I recoiled and I wasn't able to get there. Whereas if there had been a loving place for me to say how I was feeling, I might have been able to get there. But her view came in sooner than I was able to receive it, which I know I've done a million times with clients. Such a fine line and such an art therapeutically, but it is part of the reason why we're letting you come to your own feelings about what's happening in your life. We tend to try to get rid of anxiety, but if you listen to this podcast, I'm guessing you intuit that there is more to your anxiety than simply a problem to get rid of. Growing Through Anxiety, a 28-day listening journey is an audio course plus supportive workbook that guides you in listening to the wisdom contained in your anxiety and releasing the anxiety as you transform it into new shifts in your life. The listening journey provides structured support so you can connect to yourself, what you think, what you feel, and who you are. As you listen and reflect daily, you will connect to your aliveness, your juice. Truths become clear, 
you become present and able to enjoy the life that you have and make any changes that your being is asking you to make. Listening to yourself and releasing anxiety supports you in enjoying all that you have and all that is to come, and also incorporating the deep wisdom of your being into all your decisions. I invite you to participate in this daily practice. You can find the link to sign up for the course in the show notes. Often, too, anxiety is based on past traumas, not present things. And so there is a period of understanding and processing, oh, this thing happened in my life, in generations past, where, wherever, and it's been passed through, and there's nervous system healing that can be done to feel better in the moment because there actually isn't a threat in the moment. So you see, there was all kinds of different pieces of the puzzle here. There's also a lot around physicality and our lifestyle. So I'm going to say some ways of working with anxiety, some more ways. And the first thing I want to say is if you're having panic attacks, if you can't sleep, if you are highly anxious and everyone around you is like, you're highly anxious, I want you to get medical help. I want you to see a therapist. And it, what I'm saying here, you know, applies to most humans in our culture and maybe insightful. But when we have serious anxiety, we need support and we need help. And there are many different treatments, medications, ways of working with anxiety that from all different types of perspectives with different healthcare practitioners. So wherever you're guided, you know, acupuncture can be great. Naturopathic medicine, functional medicine, allopathic medicine, therapies, get yourself the help. I really want you to do that. So one of the key ways to work with anxiety is lifestyle. So hydration, movement, Sleep hygiene, all so important. Nervous system nourishment, so bodywork massage, yin yoga, Epsom salt bath. These things are so important. And, you know, as we work the layers, anxiety is about this separation from God, this separation from the love that permeates the universe. But to start with, we have to take care of ourselves. Otherwise, we won't be able to receive what's available. And so many of the people that I work with, most of us in our culture, struggle with the basic self-care principles. And these are like foundations to set ourselves up for then being able to receive more and more of that beautiful life force energy. So first is lifestyle. Then the second piece is the emotional and the mental work of processing the context for what we are thinking and feeling. And there's really no substitute for doing that with another person. You can definitely journal. And, you know, a good, long, solid therapy is good for everybody. And there's many different ways of getting that. And I encourage you to be so creative and to do that work of coming to understand yourself, of coming to understand what is bothering you and what you feel and who you are. This is really important. And it's a combination of contemplation and conversation. It's hard, but, but it's real. 
And there may be some real choices involved here. Like, is your relationship supportive? How are your friendships, your relationships with your family? Are they supporting you? These are all pieces of the puzzle when it comes to anxiety. And then finally, one of the terms I like is divine therapy. And that's receiving the medicine that is life. And that does come through psychedelic ceremony, absolutely. And it comes in silent prayer. And it comes in grace in moments. And, you know, I would say it's something that I've experienced throughout my life. But at this point, I now have created the conditions that I can experience it pretty much every day. And it used to just strike me like a lightning bolt. And then I would lose it for months at a time. And I'd be, I had scattered priorities. But now I know what I'm here for. I'm here to receive the life that's here, that's in me, that's to receive the love of the universe and pour it out. So all of life, that is the only intention, ultimately. And each intention is like a tributary of that. A knot, I might have a knot or a complex to use Jungian terminology that I work on, but it's all in that context. And that makes it easier to receive that. And that much of our anxiety, you know, we do the emotional and the mental work of, of creating lives that are open enough that our relationships are such, whether it's work or personal, are such that we have the space to be who we are. And the reason we want that is because then we have the space to open to ourselves and God. That's when we have the space to open to spirit and to really, that's what we're really after. And it, it, it's so interesting because our symptoms point us towards everything if we just keep following the path, following the path. And then the other thing I would say about healing anxiety, and this is something I work on very much, is moving the energy all the way. So my experience with ayahuasca in ceremony after ceremony was that it unblocked my energy so that I could grieve, cry, rage, and orgasm in the biggest ways possible. And because I was able to move that kind of energy, I no longer really have anxiety in the form that I had it, which was up in the middle of the night, heart racing, all over the place, not present. I was anxious, and I would have said that. Now, yes, do I worry sometimes? Yes. But as, as my former partner said, you are not the same. I have been rewired, and I believe that was the medicine healing trauma, creating new neural pathways for me, and also my willingness to move the energy all the way. So this is something that really helps to have support in doing, and tears and rage are two emotional expressions that really benefit from having people who can support you in holding those and letting them move through. And you know, like you do it for a time and then you just don't have to do it anymore. 
And then, you know, once in a while now I'll be like, oh my gosh, you know, over Christmas, something happened. I was so sad and I just sobbed it out. It took about an hour and, and, and it moved because it, it is able to move. So it's not like you have to be doing this all the time. It's about letting your pathways know that it's available and clearing out what's there. And, and that relieves a lot of anxiety as well. So as you can see, anxiety is again, multi-layered. It's physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, sexual. It's, it's, it's in all the pathways and the medicine catalyzes that healing very, very, very well. And even without medicine work, you are able to address it through attention to your body, attention to that processing work that we all need to do, receiving spirit through nature, through prayer, through silence, through those moments, and also clearing out and moving energy all the way that's been stored and creating this space. And the medicine's super helpful in all of these areas, particularly helpful moving the energy all the way and uh, receiving the grace that is spirit's presence. I think again that the awareness tool that I work with with my clients, the 25 questions is really helpful in honing in on what's going to help the anxiety most. You know, is it the rage work? Is it dancing? Like, what is going to be the thing that's going to like move the needle the most and, and help you meet you right where you are? Because um, ultimately, every symptom is pointing us towards ecstatic union with life. And that may seem like a glib and wild statement from where you're sitting. But if you follow that path, follow that breadcrumb trail of your experience, there's so much that's possible on this journey. If this episode of Aliveness resonated with you, I would be so grateful if you would leave a review on your podcast app. Reviews make it possible for me to connect with more people just like you who are looking for inspiration and guidance on their journey to create a full, juicy life filled with aliveness. Be sure to subscribe so you get all the juicy episodes to come. And if you have a friend who is deep into their personal growth and healing journey, share this podcast with them too. Now go out and experience the aliveness that's here for you today.